Wednesday and welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with these products, don't hesitate to give them a call 405-458-9699 and ask questions about how you can benefit from each of these products. Also, we're saving you 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com when you use the discount code COLBYSHOW. C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W, discount code Colby Show at checkout for 15% off your online order, abotanicalcompany.com. Easy and safe pickup. They have a drive-through, so it's a very simple process. abotanicalcompany.com, discount code Colby Show for 15% off your online order, and you can pick it up through their drive-through. So very cool, and very cool that we're saving you 15% with Artisan Botanicals. All right, today's conversation with my guest, Aaron Davis. What's going on? I see uh, some wishful thinking on the Deshaun Watson front for Carolina. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to uh, manifest my dreams. You know, if I, I could speak it into existence. Um, I said last week that wherever Deshaun goes, that's my new team. So I'm really hoping it's not the Jets. If it's the Jets, it's the Jets. I'll be a Jets fan because I'm going to stick to my word. But fingers crossed for the Panthers. 49ers would be fun, but that, that I don't know. Seems kind of corny to be a 49ers fan at this point. So, <laughs> um, why the Panthers? Like that's you've you've intrigued me as far as why that would be your wishful destination. Uh, well, first off, there's not a lot of Panthers fans, so I don't feel like I'm jumping on an overcrowded bandwagon. Okay, like, I don't know. I don't know any Panthers fans. I mean, maybe one. I know one Panthers. I know two. Fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it, they're not a popular team. They're not like they're not the Cowboys or the you know 49ers or uh Steelers any of those teams like they're a pretty small fan base team right uh also love Matt Rule you know obviously you know spent some time around Matt Rule Big 12 media days and uh you know various stuff throughout the uh couple years he was at Baylor but really liked him so he's a guy I can root for as head coach and they're just a fun team man like that offense with Deshaun Watson yeah Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore DJ and Curtis Samuel, like they're a lot of fun on that offense. Like if they were putting up those numbers last year with Teddy Bridgewater and and that uh, XFL guy that came in for a couple of games, imagine what they could do with Deshaun Watson. Like yeah. they're gonna be a lot of fun. Like I think it would immediately make them contenders in the NFC. And I know that that division's pretty tough, but. Like they're legitimate if they get Deshaun Watson because they're they've already started building something pretty good. So yeah, you know, small fan base, but like something worth rooting for, as opposed to you know going to the Jets. Where even if they get Deshaun Watson, are they really in that much of a better situation than the <laughs> Texans are this year? Right, right. Um, I I always find like the reasons that people become fans of teams fascinating. And and look, sometimes it's as simple as you being from the Houston area, so you're a fan of all the Houston sports teams. Right. I I grew up in my earliest memory of watching football is like sitting in front of the television at my grandparents' house watching Dallas Cowboy games on Sunday. So like that is that's why I became a Cowboys fan because every Sunday we would have like family dinner at their house and the Cowboys game would be on and we would be over there like watching television. And then uh, the Rangers, that was my first ever baseball game to go to. Uh, obviously, it's uh, geographically convenient as well, but first time I ever went to a major league game, it was the Texas Rangers, so that kind of solidified that part of it. Um, I never really had a basketball team, which is funny, 
and and you know the the NBA being such a player centric league, like it makes sense. But even as a kid, I I always just in the NBA was a player guy, more than having a a, a one team interest. And then when I became a hockey fan, uh, it was simply based on who had the best gear because I didn't know a whole lot about hockey. I mean, I knew who like Wayne Gretzky and Brett Hull were, and you know some of the big names. But as far as like any sort of big tradition or who was good and who wasn't good or anything like that. I had zero clue. So I, I strictly chose my team based on who had the best gear. Cause I wanted to buy some, some gear for the team I was going to cheer for. And I just thought the Blackhawks had by far the best gear. Well, so I, I mean, became a Blackhawks no competition. Fan. Yeah. yeah. There's no competition in the NHL. The Blackhawks by far have the best uniforms. Yes. Without a doubt. So like that was a really easy one, but it, you know, people always have different reasons and sometimes it's, it's uh, because, you know, a specific player goes to a team. And I, I was just thinking about if Deshaun Watson went to the jets, how painful it would be to buy jets gear. Oh, it would suck. <laughs> uh, I would finally, I, it, it, what would really suck is that my Mark Sanchez Jersey that I have would no longer be ironic. <laughs> I know. Right. It would lose the it would lose the fun factor because I would actually be a Jets fan, um, yeah. And I don't I think that at this point, me jumping to whatever team he goes for goes to potentially is more just to spite Houston and to not support that organization anymore. After you know, within what twelve months, they've abs- they've just completely destroyed what was a pretty damn good team. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't even care where he goes. Uh, if he remains in Houston, that's probably worst case scenario. And I'm just going to watch the entire 2021 NFL season miserable. I think you're OK. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I know. So. Th- I know the Texans are kind of playing this like th- they want Deshaun Watson to stay there. But look, both sides know that the, th- there's been a breakup and that, uh, the Texans are just trying to salvage and and maximize his trade value with everybody knowing that he wants out. I think that Matthew Stafford trade made things a lot more difficult to move him though because you I mean if you what did Detroit got two first rounders, right? Yes. And Jared Goff. Yeah. If you're Houston and you don't get four first rounders, I like everybody's going to look at that trade as a big failure and I think that that Houston front office is stubborn enough that they'll just They'll let him sulk at home and just pay him whatever minimum amount they need to pay him next year. If they, if any, I don't know how his contract's set up. If he sits out the year, if he loses his entire year, or what, how it works. Yeah. But I don't know, man. That's, I think that trade made it a little bit more difficult because I don't know that teams... I think he's worth it, but I don't know how many teams are going to give up that much for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, for anybody, I mean, really. I mean, it could be anybody. It's going to have to be a, a pretty big... Uh, grouping of of draft picks and I don't know if it's just first rounders I mean four first rounders seems a little bit like I mean who are you going to put around Deshaun Watson if you give away four first rounders but I don't know maybe you uh figure out a way to do like a couple of first rounders and then maybe a couple of twos and a couple of threes and somehow uh you know like make them uh like even in odd years based on the like I don't know there's there, there's a way that I think you can do this where the Texans can be taken care of, but you still have a couple of day one and day two picks to to help bring in some young starting talent around your franchise quarterback. But, man, it's, and, uh, you know, it's tough. This is why I think 
if I had to put my money, I would say that San Francisco and New York are probably the favorites right now because New York can put a package around Quinn and Williams, who last season took a big step. He was really good this year. He's a stud. And, the, and San Francisco can put a package together around Nick Bosa. Maybe that reduces the amount of first rounds you need to throw in there or draft picks total. I just I look at teams like Carolina and Miami, and they just don't have those guys. And Houston said they want young defensive starters uh, for Watson along with dra- draft picks. And you know Miami and Carolina, those teams just don't have those young guys on defense that you know really hold a lot of value, in my opinion. That you know they can Houston can build around, but I don't know. I mean, oh, San Francisco also apparently is interested in Kirk Cousins, so I don't really know what they're. Ugh mindset is obviously they want to change quarterbacks if they're willing to swap out jimmy garoppolo for Kirk cousins they clearly are super low on garoppolo and want just something different in there but i don't know if Kirk, other than the fact that Kirk cousins stays on the field and plays 16 games every year i don't know that he gives them makes a difference for san francisco at the end of the day i mean i do he's think better. he's better than jimmy garoppolo he's better. Yeah, not by much though uh, i mean garoppolo just can't stay on the field I think that's the biggest issue with Garoppolo. I don't think that they feel like they can open up the offense with Garoppolo. And and look, Kirk Cousins certainly has his deficiencies. And, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't the, the guy you want with the ball in his hands, with the game on the line, and two minutes left. I But over the course of a four-quarter game, I, I just think that Kirk Cousins is way more capable of a lot more than Jimmy Garoppolo is. It just It always feels yeah. like San Francisco is kind of handcuffed with with um, how much they're going to give Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if anybody's going to know what Kirk Cousins can give them, it's Kyle Shanahan, too. I mean, he has yeah. he coached, you know, Cousins in Washington. Like, he's very aware of what his skill set is and what his abilities are. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if Shanahan also agrees that it's an upgrade, then then they do. I mean, the, value, the price is going to be significantly lower than it would be for Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, you know, if they aren't willing to give up Bosa and – eight draft picks for Watson or whatever the price would be, then I guess Cousins would be a decent, you know, silver medal prize for them. But I don't know. I mean, it's hard to argue that that team's not just the quarterback away from getting back to the Super Bowl. Hell, they could probably get they, If they're healthy, yeah. They got, yeah, they got to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. So if they improve at quarterback, there's no reason to think that they can't get back. I mean, Brandon Ayuk was really good last year. Debo Samuel's really good. Like, they're... They're they're loaded everywhere on the field, so they're they're primed for that Super Bowl. So I don't know why Deshaun Watson uh, would pick the Jets over them, but he has the Jets at the top of his list for some reason. It's got to be New York. I don't. There's no other yeah. reason just to go build that brand in New York, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as being able to win immediately, uh, San Francisco's the best option. Like you said, they were just in the yeah. Super Bowl two years ago. Um, yeah, they are not even last year or la- last year. Yeah, that's. That's crazy that it, that was just last year. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, they are, they had so many injuries this year. Obviously, that was a big role in in their uh, bad season. But yeah, I mean, they just need a quarterback. That, that offense has, I mean, the run game is obviously what it's built around, but they have pass catchers. And again, I just don't think, Garoppolo's not terrible, but he's just not the guy that, you know, you're not going to have a big-time passing attack if he's your quarterback. You have to kind of, He's more of a game manager type guy. And, you know, like this is one of those moments where I always say, like, sometimes we use the the term game manager as like a negative thing. Uh, This probably is using it a little bit as a negative thing, because I think 
with Garoppolo, he's limited to being that and not really capable of much more. Um, you know, being a game manager, I think, is a compliment. But if you're not more than than being that role, then that's where it's a problem. And, you know, with Kirk Cousins, I think he is capable of more than just being a game manager. I mean, he's a guy that has been in some pretty high-powered offenses that can air the ball out. But, you know, where he separates from the really good quarterbacks is just, you know, making game-winning plays consistently, and he doesn't. Garoppolo is, I think Garoppolo is an interesting quarterback from the public's perspective because he'll have three games in a row where he kind of just looks like that game manager type quarterback. But then the fourth game, he'll have 350 yards and four touchdowns and look amazing and get people's hopes up that maybe uh, this is where his ceiling's at. But typically, like you said, he's probably more on that game manager side that he's he's not going to win you a lot of games by himself, but you know, best case scenario is he doesn't lose you that game. Uh, yeah. You think new England would take him back? Low price. If they Ooh. got him for a low price. Yeah, probably for a low price. And, and look, part of it just depends on what else, what their options are. I, I think that, or I would imagine Bill Belichick being as competitive as he is watching Tom Brady get to a Super Bowl probably accelerates how fast he wants to to kind of turn that thing around. So, you know, I think you look at Garoppolo. I don't know that Garoppolo is the guy that's going to turn it around immediately. I think you have to be patient and you have to be a really good team around Garoppolo if that's going to work. Yeah, and part of being aggressive for Belichick. I mean, who I don't he you can't imagine he has much longer that he's gonna he's gonna stick around. Yeah, I mean he's he's up there in age. He's he's got to be close to seventy at this point. And, you know, if he goes six and 10 again next year, like what, I mean, what's the motivation? Like their team's not good. They don't have a lot of players built for the future right now. Their weapons on offense are terrible. Their defense is pretty good, but like, and they're not a young defense. It's just, I mean, where's his motivation to stay if he goes six and 10 another two years? Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely see New England being aggressive this offseason. They've definitely got a lot of cap room. We know that they're moving off from Cam. They kind yeah. of bring a quarterback in. <laughs> uh, I I made the joke that I thought that uh, if like Aaron Rodgers were available, that Belichick, especially you know being sixty eight years old and maybe not having much time left, mortgages the future and trades like every pick they have for the next ten years to get a guy that can come in and, and try and win like immediately just to salvage the Belichick Brady argument. I w- I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to it like. I, I, by all means, got sick and tired of watching the Patriots be in the AFC Championship game every year and, you know, win 12 games despite, you know, whatever roster they put around Tom Brady and Belichick. But if Aaron Rodgers went to New England, like, sign me up for that. Like, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Part of the New England, how much of the, uh, I guess I should ask the question, um, do you think any of the New England fatigue was because they were never, like, really a... Fun team. Fun team. Like, watch Kansas City. And and even if you don't like the Chiefs, like, I think anybody can admit, like, they're a fun team to watch. New England has never been so. a fun team to watch, have they? I mean, I guess maybe the undefeated year when, when they had Randy Moss. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it just kind of, I don't know, maybe. I, I mean, there had to have been fun New England teams, like, sprinkled throughout that run over the last 20 years. Um but generally speaking, you kind of think of 
the Belichick style. And I think it's more that Brady and Belichick just kind of were too serious during games, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, I think Tom Brady can be fun, but when he's also on the same team that Belichick's coaching, they seem kind of uptight and uh, a little boring, I guess. I, I don't know. I think it's just, I don't I don't I think even if they could have been fun, I think it's just because they won so much. People just got sick of them and all the scandals. Well, that, with the yeah, play those are those gate. are big reasons too, for sure. I, yeah, I think that people just one didn't trust them in the way that they were operating, and two, Belichick's such a stick up the ass kind of guy that it's yeah. hard to root for him. I kind of compare them to like the Spurs a little bit in the yeah. NBA because like San Antonio is. Similar in that, you know, they just, they're very fundamental and they, they pretty much during that run did everything well, but they were never an exciting team to watch. You know, they just didn't beat themselves and uh, they, they just, you know, over the course of the game did all the right things to put themselves in position to win. I feel like that's kind of the Patriot way as well. So. Yeah. And. Yeah, yeah. Give me pop though. I'll, I'll, I'd rather talk to pop for an, for. I would talk to pop for hours before I talk to Belichick for ten minutes. I don't. I feel like you would get more from Belichick. Yeah, I don't. Pop. When I was doing the uh, the visiting locker room media stuff for the Thunder, Pop was one of the like best coaches to talk to be around. After the game, even after a loss, like he was, I, I guess you get to a point, or at least he's gotten to a point where he's won so much and he has nothing left to prove that like losing a game in December or January just doesn't affect him. And he's just, he doesn't want to do the media, right. but like he's just going right. to go up there and he's going to make the best of it, which a lot of guys don't do. And I enjoyed being around him. Wasn't it pop that uh, told Barry Trammell to chew his food before asking a question or something like that? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think so. What that? I think so. Can't I, I? I just I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think it was, or maybe it was Dean. I, I can't remember. Somebody. I do remember that happening. Was like though, I think, che- it I think was like Pop. chewing food and asked a question, and Pop was like, <laughs> was like "Probably a Western Conference Finals thing." Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 That's when I think of Pop in the media. Like that's the only thing in in Oklahoma City, at least that that I can. Uh, recall but yeah he's see, i think that's a lot i think that's a likable trait though because like see, he could have easily just ignored it or like you know been rude about it but he made fun of him yeah yeah he, he and look you know like i feel like he also in some way feels like he has to uh keep the the mystique of pop alive and there's no better way to do that than like telling somebody chew your food before you talk to me. He's not going to let small things yeah, like yeah. that slide, you know? Yeah, which, you know, could be a testament to our reason why he's been so successful. Yeah. If he's like if he's worried about that, then imagine how meticulous he is in you know, when it comes to Like Scott Brooks probably would have asked like what kind of sandwich are you eating? And, you can, know, can I get Russell one? Yeah. And then, like, Billy Donovan probably would have, like, wanted to get into a debate about if what you were eating is considered a sandwich and try and have fun with it. But, then, yeah, Pop's like, no, yeah. and then, chew your food and then well, talk to see, me. 
I think a hot dog's a sandwich, uh, personally. <laughs> but I let me let me make sure that's how I feel. Let me ask Russell um, if he if he thinks a hot dog is a sandwich. I'll I'll get back to you and I'll let you know my real opinion. Oh God, Russell Westbrook. I'm uh, I I'm amused at the. Like, Russell Westbrook is just, for as long as he's going to be in the NBA, he's going to be a headline. Because yeah, he's, he's always a... going to, you know, have the shortcomings that he has. But on any given night, he's going to be capable of just, you know, going nuclear and destroying everything in his path. And uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's... Unfortunately, you know, it kind of seems like he's, uh, his body's starting to turn on him a, a little bit yeah. now, yeah. but all those injuries catching up. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's gotta be one of the most polarizing players in the NBA over the past decade. He's, um, I mean, for those that don't know what he's doing this year though, for as much as, you know, we all know that, that, uh, he's on the wrong side of 30 and on the wrong side of the hill, as far as his NBA career goes, um, I mean, the guy's averaging like 21, and like 9.5 and 9.5. How many games has he played? Like five? Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. I know he's been I, I know he's been hurt quite a bit this year. And and Washington has dealt with There's, a lot of COVID stuff. They've only played yeah. like 15 games. They're really, really bad. He has played 12 yes, games this are. year. And he's averaging oh, wow. 20.6 points exactly. per game, 9.6 rebounds per game, and 9.5 assists per game. Yeah, Bradley Bill averaging over 35, and they've won like five games right. this year. Yeah, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, are you? Uh, are, are you? Is your Super Bowl excitement growing, or has it kind of stayed level? Um, I think it's stayed level because there's ju- there's no media row. There's nothing like I'm getting nothing from Super Bowl from Miami to build up that excitement. Like I remember laying in bed when I was younger and listening to like the overnight radio talk shows talk about the Super Bowl, like, and like do three hours on the Super Bowl and talk about how Dallas is freezing over. And like, we've got to deal with this ice storm on Super Bowl weekend, like all that stuff. And just like nothing, just crickets right now. I'm sure in Kansas city and uh, Tampa, like the local stations are talking a lot of Super Bowl, but like, I just, I'm not hearing it. I'm not seeing it. It's just kind of, it's like I know it's Sunday, but it's just kind of out of the realm of conversation. Like I've heard more Bradley Bill talk than I've heard Super Bowl talk over the past week. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, I wonder how much of that is just obviously the story around Tampa is Tom Brady. I mean, there's no other big headline around the Buccaneers, right? It's Tom Brady going to his 10th Super Bowl. And that supersedes, I think, anything else that people want to talk about when it comes to Tampa. And then you have on the other side, the defending champs. So like. I think a lot of times in the Super Bowl, either either one or both sides are just really excited to be there. And while I, I think there is that with Tampa because their best or their quarterback is Tom Brady and he's done it so many times, like that almost overshadows the fact that the majority of these guys are making their first Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. I And we talked about it, I don't know, it was last week or two weeks ago, or I guess it would have been last week. I mean, the Super Bowl is just flooded with storylines. Like there's a lot of, points you can take from this from this game if you you know need uh, to find a a reason to watch it or to be interested like it's not lacking star power it's not lacking storylines it's as far as matchups go like I would imagine that this was at the highest of the list 
of potential matchups that the NFL could hope for. I mean, you get Tom Brady yeah. on his new team in Tampa Bay, who also is hosting the Super Bowl, taking on the Chiefs, yeah. who are going for their second in a row, like the defending champions. Like, I mean, what else would you want? So I I think that Sunday I'm going to be very excited, but I just my excitement level is kind of just yeah. plateaued lately because I, you know, nobody knows talking about it. Yeah. Well, and then you have the week off, which, you know, I, I, I don't understand the week off when you don't have like the traditional Super Bowl week and all the festivities going on. Uh, well, but they have to play the Madden Pro Bowl. <laughs> they have to play the Pro Bowl on Madden, Colby. Like what? You think that they're going to play a game the same week as that? Did you watch any what? of that? Oh. Yeah, I didn't either. I know, uh, like I saw a lot I, of people though. I, I were talking about it on Twitter. I, d- I don't know if like people were just talking about it or how many more people like actually viewed any of the content. But I mean, I don't. I don't give a damn about watching anybody else play a football game on a video game system. I don't even I, like. I don't even like playing Madden that much anymore. I don't want to watch other people play Madden on TV. Yeah. Like, if I'm sitting next to the person and it's a buddy and they're playing, sure, maybe I'll watch them play. But I don't want to watch people I don't know play on TV. Right. There's a thousand things on TV to watch now. Right. Yeah. Go watch something else. Yeah. I'll go outside, whatever. Uh, Which way are you leaning? Tampa or Kansas City? Man, it... This is tough. Like I've been pr- pretty heavy on Kansas City all playoffs. Like, uh, whatever the point spread was, give me Kansas City in the points. Like even if it was yeah. ten, like I think, like I've been very high on Kansas City. I don't know. I think this is a pretty evenly matched game. I would lean Kansas City right now. Um, I just as good as Tampa's defense has been. I, I don't know. Like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are just such mis- mismatches at their positions. Right. That I don't know that any defense in the NFL has guys that can cover them for 60 minutes or 30 minutes, however long Kansas City has the ball. Um, I think that's tough, but I mean, you could say the same thing about Tampa. Who does Kansas City have that can, you know, cover Gronk, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin for half a game or for an entire game? I I think I'm leaning Kansas City just for the fact that Tampa has nobody other than Tom Brady that's been there. Like, it's it's a roster full of guys that have never played on a stage like that with stakes like that. Right. And you could say that for the whole run throughout the playoffs, and they made it this far, but, I mean, they're playing the Chiefs. Like, as good as Green Bay was this season, they're not as good as Kansas City. As good as New Orleans was this season, they're not as good as Kansas City. I think that the experience on the coaching staff and on the roster at this point for on this stage is probably going to lean a little bit better in Kansas city and like give them the slight edge. I think it's gonna be a close game though. I think, I think it's going to be like a three point game at bet. Like it may be a two one or two point game at the end, but I think it's going to be a really close game. I like Kansas city in this game. And if they, if we weren't even having the conversation about the tackles, um, I, I, I think it's I, like, I, I think they win with ease, not saying they, they blow them out, but I just don't think they're really pushed. Um, but, you know, simply because, and, and we saw this in the NFC championship game with green Bay being without Bakhtiari, like Shaq Barrett and JPP are really good. And yep. if they're in one-on-one situations, you know, they're going to win more often than they're not. And 
you know, they, they also, I think if you have to give help, um, just open it up for everybody else. I mean, they're, you know, they, they have playmakers in that front seven without a doubt. Now the counter to that with Kansas city is obviously Mahomes being just the incredible talent that he is having the arm ability to get the ball anywhere from basically any position on the field. Uh, what they do in the screen game to always kind of like, no matter who you are on that defense, you always have to like in the back of your mind, understand like, I can't completely pin my ears back because the minute that I'm just a hundred percent going after the quarterback, they're going to just run a screen on me and I'm going to be too far up the field. And then they're going to get 50 yards, you know, underneath, um, you know, Kansas city does that better than anybody I've ever seen, you know, run the screen game in the history of the NFL. I mean, Andy Reid's been doing it forever and they are great with it in Kansas city again, because the personnel and what you have to account for is such a difficult thing. That, to me, even without the tackles, is still, um, you know, the difference in the game. But, look, I, I think Sha- Shaq Barrett and JPP are extremely concerning, I think, if you're Kansas City in this matchup. Yeah, I, you, I mean, you nailed it on the, on the, head, the nail on the head. Uh, I mean, you, you could argue that Green Bay could have won that game last week if David Bakhtiari was playing. Um, Aaron Rodgers had done, like, they, that offensive line in Green Bay had done such a good job all year protecting Aaron Rodgers like he uh he would go on Pat McAfee show every week and do like 30 minute interviews and like almost every week he would he would reiterate that this season has gone so well for him because he's just taken no hits like his the amount of amount of hits he had taken this year has been he said probably a career low like it's probably the most protected he's been in his career and like you said Shaq Barrett and, and JPP like just ate him up last week and they just wreck that entire Green Bay offense. And if do do we know if both the tackles are out for Kansas City? Schwartz is out for sure, right? Or is it the other one? Yeah, that's the, out for well, sure? Eric Fisher tore his Achilles. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So is Schwartz that we were waiting on, right? Yeah. Um at last I heard that there was there was no chance that Schwartz was playing. So Okay. Yeah, so that, I mean that's definitely a huge factor. I mean Losing one is bad enough, but if you're losing both your starting tackles, yeah, uh, I mean it doesn't bode well. But I I need to see that it affects Mahomes to the point that he can't produce at a high level before I believe it. Um, I, I just I'm going to put my stock in that coaching staff in Kansas City to have those tackles ready. They had the extra week, knowing that most likely both the tackles were going to be out for sure. Obviously Fisher is out, and then most likely Schwartz is out. So those two guys have been had two weeks to get ready. You have the best quarterback in the world, arguably the best offensive coaching staff in the world. Like I think that they're going to have those guys ready despite the handicap of the tackles being out. And I'm sure that you know those edge rushers for Tampa are probably they're going to get pressure, they're going to get sacks, they're going to you know disrupt the game. But even that, like Mahomes is so athletic outside of the pocket that I just don't know if it's going to be a difference in Kansas city losing or not. Yeah. I, they're just, I mean, they, they can just beat you in so many ways that I think even without the tackles, it, uh, I think it's a close game, but um, I mean, it just not having those guys, I think is the difference for me and them winning easy and them having to work for it a little bit. Uh, and then look, I, I, I think, I, go ahead. I, I think that the, for me, I think the, the thing to watch or the guys to watch are those interior defensive linemen guys. Cause if they can, if Vita Vea and Sue 
and you know if they whatever it's wide or whatever that they brush some linebackers to them yeah blitz a little bit more if they can collapse in the interior of that offensive line I think that's going to have a bigger impact because I think if the inside the interior offensive line can hold up for Kansas City that they're going to give Mahomes enough time to throw the ball but if the pocket collapses on him immediately and he can't get out of the pocket and I think that's going to be more detrimental than yeah you know if the edge guys get some pressure because like I said Mahomes is just so good getting out of the pocket and making plays that yeah I think he'd be okay well my question with the edge guys getting so much pressure is if they are and you start having to dedicate extra bodies to preventing those guys from doing damage then you know it starts to benefit the guys on the interior and it's kind of a domino effect um you know, the, like on the other side of the matchup, like I think Chris Jones is a problem. And that's where I think like he, he's going to give Tampa a real problem. And Tom Brady is not Patrick Mahomes and he, he doesn't extend plays the same way. And, you know, anytime we've ever seen Tom Brady struggle, and this I, this is true of every quarterback, so I don't want to just put Tom Brady in this category. But, I mean, anytime you have interior pressure, and it, it just it breaks down everything. Uh, you know, we saw it in the Oklahoma-Alabama semifinal game with yeah. Quinn and Williams, right? Like, the first three drives, Quinn, Quinn and Williams dominated the interior of the line of scrimmage, and OU, like, didn't have an answer for it. And that was the difference in the game. And, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter who you are. When that's the case, um, you know, that's a problem. I, I don't think that Tampa, without Kansas City having to pay so much attention to the edge, is capable of just dominating like that. Uh, whereas I think with with Chris Jones, I mean, just indiv- as an individual, he's so dominant that he could be that guy. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. But outside of Aaron Donald, he's probably the best interior lineman. Yeah. In the NFL. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It, it, I think. Do you think it's going to be okay if you had to put money down? Are you? Would you lean towards the offenses just going completely off and the defenses having no answer? Or like we talked about those those linemen like Chris Jones and like the front seven and the Tampa Bay front seven. Like, would you put more money on the offenses just going ballistic or the front seven dominating the game for both teams and kind of keeping the offenses in check? I feel confident in saying that I think Kansas City gets in the 30s. Yeah, I just nothing. I mean, saying that. That's... Yeah, like so the question I think for me is what do, what do you get from Tampa – uh, and look, I mean, just going back to the NFC Championship game, I mean, there were moments in that game where they looked good offensively. Part of that, I think, was Green Bay just being a complete train wreck at times and having just making so many mistakes that Tampa capitalized on. And also, you know, Kevin King was was uh, single-handedly responsible for a lot of big plays in that game, uh, whereas I don't know that there's a Kevin King on Kansas City's team. And then look, Tom Brady, I mean, for as, as you know, much as we gave him credit in the first half and especially that that last touchdown uh, to Scotty Miller in the in the first half, he was equally as bad in the second half. Like he was just the ball was everywhere except where it needed to be on a lot of his passes. Um, you know, for, for we, we all kind of get lost in the fact that he's going to his 10th Super Bowl after that win. But he, he finished that game like 20 for 36 throwing the ball. He, he wasn't very accurate and he had three interceptions. So. I don't know. He's going to have to be way better, I think, in, in this game than he was in the NFC Championship if they're going to be able to match Kansas City. So that, to me, is, you know, it's crazy to say that the the greatest quarterback that's that's ever played the game, the most accomplished quarterback that's ever played the game in the history of the NFL, 
is uh, the guy that is the biggest question, I think, going into this game. But I think it is. Like, you, you saw it against against Buffalo. The amount of pressure that is on the offense to have to match what Kansas City does consistently, um, you, you just can't make very many mistakes. You have a very thin margin of error. And, you know, once you kind of cross that threshold, it just kind of feels like the avalanche hits you. And, you know, I gave you the stat after... Uh, last week after the win where Patrick Mahomes is averaging 3.75 points per drive in his postseason career. So like even when you have the ball and you're settling for field goals, you're you're not matching Kansas City. Like if you score a field goal every time, you're still going to get beat. So yeah, I, I just, there's, you just, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on the opposing offense to feel like they've at least got to get points on every possession and, you know, Tom Brady not being super sharp the last time we saw him, I, I think is concerning. Is is Kansas City's run game significantly better than Tampa Bay's? Like, if you would you, t- like, pay $100 on the penny for that running back, for that running game over Tampa Bay's? Oh, it's tough because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like because they're so good at the pass, it allows them to run the ball the way they do. Like if if yeah. if you told both teams you have to line up and just run the football and you're not allowed to throw the ball, who would run the ball better? Like if the defense knows the run is coming and you just have to run the football, who would run the ball better? I I don't know, man. Probably um probably lean toward Tampa. But that's tough. Yeah, I I think, I mean, that could be an X factor in this game, too. I mean, we saw it last year in the Super Bowl. I mean, who who had money down on Damian Williams coming out and being the guy that just, yeah. like, absolutely blew the game open or, you know, got him back in the game, right. whatever it was. But, like, he had a great game last year, and I think that he kind of flew under the radar as far as the guy that was going to break out in the Super Bowl. But yeah. I mean, obviously he's not playing Sunday, but they still have they have Edwards Alaire, they have Le'Veon Bell, like they Daryl Williams, like they've got good running backs. Right, those guys. One of those guys will make some big plays, without a doubt. Because again, I, on the other know, side, you just have you have to pay so much attention to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and just all the different ways that Kansas City freaking stretches you. I mean, they stretch you from sideline to sideline. They stretch you vertically. And, you know, as soon as you want to start sending too much pressure, then they start just nickel and diming you with the screen game, hitting that underneath stuff. And it's just, it's insane, man. They they are they are unbelievably difficult to, to prepare for. Not to mention the quarterback can run, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this... They've got zero holes. Like, there's no flaws in this offense. Right. I mean... Maybe Sunday we might argue that the tackles are a flaw, but I mean, if they're hundred percent healthy, even if, you know, if they're beat up a little, they, there's no flaws. I don't know how you game plan against this offense because you're damned if you do. And you're damned right. if you don't just, you kind of just have to pick your poison and let them score 30 on you and hope that you score 40. Right. I th- you have to pick your spots and, you know, kind of <laughs> pick and choose your opportunities to get really aggressive on them and try and make a play. Cause you, I don't think you can do it consistently cause you're going to get beat too many times for big plays. And a lot like we see in the college game, you know, I think it has to be one of those situations where you just, you know that they're going to score like stopping them is, is 
a pipe dream. It's just, it's probably not going to happen. So you have to just make them earn it. And hopefully, you know, there are some drop passes along the way, or, you know, they, they do things to screw up, um, you know, over the course of a, a long drive. Uh, because look, they're, they're capable of just beating you in, in one or two plays every drive uh, because of the playmakers they have and their ability to, to stretch the field the way they do. So, you know, we see this with, with like teams that, that play Oklahoma, you just, you, you, because their offense is so difficult to stop and most teams are at a disadvantage man for man, you just, you try to make them nickel and dime you all the way down the field. And hopefully, you know, they drop the football here or there, or they get a holding call and get themselves behind the sticks or something like that. So I don't know that, that to me is, is, uh, you just got to be really smart about when you kind of take your opportunities. I, I, I've referenced this game a few times on on the show, but you know the Miami Kansas City game from earlier in the season. Miami was super aggressive on defense again that game against Kansas City, like from the get go. And Mahomes threw three three interceptions, like they looked to have them rattled. And by halftime, Kansas City still had thirty points. <laughs> right. So even like yeah, you, you kind of have to pick your spots because if you're too aggressive, you might make a couple of plays, but it's not going to happen every drive. Like they're, yeah. if you, if they throw a pick, they're probably going to come back and score a touchdown in 90 seconds. Yeah. Like, it just seems like they have a, you know, we talk about that, like cliche, like they have that, they can flip that switch. Like, but Kansas city's offense legitimately seems like they can flip a switch whenever they want. You know, and that, and like, that was a regular it, season game, not a postseason game. You know, that's the other thing. Like, right. They right. are. Yeah going to be insanely more dialed in for a postseason game. And let's also add the equation of Andy Reid is not afraid to give his team extra opportunities. Like he's not going to just automatically punt the ball on fourth down or automatically kick a field goal on fourth down. So you're already at a disadvantage, but you know, they're probably going to get a few more important snaps in this game for the offense, just because Andy Reid's going to be willing to gamble. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Chad Henney play comes to mind, obviously. <laughs> right. And, like, he's he's already won his Super Bowl. Like, he finally got that Super Bowl last year that, you know, was kind of keeping him out of the conversation of the greatest coaches of all time. So he's, from a legacy standpoint, I mean, he's going to be even more aggressive because he's, you know, there's no pressure of getting that one Super Bowl, first Super Bowl. Yeah, I I think that he is, by all means, like, I, I – I will be shocked if he punts at any point in this game. <laughs> but, you know, well, I mean, if it's, like if it's fourth thing, and like 13 fourth and from your own, yeah, 23, then. Right. Which, how many scenarios is there going to be where they don't get across midfield in this game? Probably right. not many. Well, th- again, that's where you just have to hope, like, you know, it's, it's first down and Travis Kelsey just drops, you know, an easy, like, he's open in the middle of the field and he drops one. And then it's second down, and they run the ball and only get three yards. And then maybe on third down, they get a holding penalty. Um, and and then, you know, you have a, a third and 17. But, like, it's not like Kansas City can't pick that up. But you just have to hope that they help you along the way and, and maybe uh, don't execute very well. And, look, I, I, thought, I thought Green Bay helped Tampa out a lot. Um, I keep saying last Sunday, but in the NFC Championship game, like, Green Bay – for four quarters was was uh, clearly not completely focused and sharp and dialed in. I mean, they had so many mistakes uh, between yeah. drop passes and penalties and just um, I, I don't know. It, it was it was Kevin really King weird. 
existing. Yeah, it was just really weird to watch that Green Bay team in a championship setting just look like they had, you know, obviously like never been there. Uh, it's kind of what they do, though. Is yeah, that kind yeah, absolutely. Of their, their mo. Yeah. yeah, but I thought they, they beat themselves. I thought as much as Tampa beat them. Yeah, and and again, yeah, you know, Kansas definitely. City just doesn't doesn't normally give you that many opportunities. You know, they're we're talking about them like they're unbeatable and they're they're perfect. They're not perfect, but uh, again, they are better than you, and they're probably not going to give you very many opportunities. So you just have such a a fine margin of error. I don't know. I think this Kansas City team is probably as close to perfect as we've seen in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking the we're, tackles. The tackles are an issue. I, I, I think yes, uh, they are. It is an issue. So that's why I say this goes from being a game where I think they win with ease. Not saying they blow them out, but they win with ease to something that you know. I, I think Tampa. There is a path for Tampa to win this. For sure, and I, I do think that it's going to be a close game just because. I mean, Tom Brady in these in these scenarios and in these on these stages, like that is an X factor. Even at his age, even with the bad second half he had last year, it's hard not to put your trust in Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. See, I'm I'm not in that camp. I I, I just I don't know. I don't. I, he. Uh, I, it's probably stupid for me to not be in that camp, but I mean, I, just, I feel like I've reason. seen him look just insanely inconsistent all year long. Like there are times yeah, he the, looks really good. But there are also times where, you know, again, like last week he threw three interceptions and yeah, he just, you can't he, have stretches like that against Kansas City no, where you, you don't look good. And look, Josh Allen, that, that was my biggest issue with Josh Allen going into last week um, with the AFC Championship. Josh Allen is really good, but Josh Allen also is a guy that has stretches in almost every game where it's like all of a sudden he's uh, not making good decisions He's not throwing the ball accurately. And against Kansas City, you just can't have very many of those those opportunities. I think that I think the inconsistency. So, okay, let me we'll start here. If it was a Drew Brees situation where I'm watching Tom Brady and I'm saying he can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. Yeah. Then I'd be a lot more concerned, but like his arm strength obviously isn't what it was 10 years ago, but like his it's arm strength good. is still good. Like, yeah. He still gets some zip on the ball. Yeah. I, I think though I think that offense I think with it being so downfield heavy and such a vertical offense that it kind of just being inconsistent comes with the territory because you're asked to make more difficult throws a lot more frequently throughout the game. Yeah, you know, in, in New England it was a lot of checkdowns to James White or um, the dude before him. I can't Dion Lewis. Like <laughs> it wasn't a lot of passes down the sidelines down the field. And coming to Tampa Bay, it's a lot more of that. So I think that the inconsistencies play a little bit from the offense. Now, a lot of it, some of it's Tom Brady's decision-making. He made some bad decisions last week uh, against Green Bay, overthrows some guys uh, fairly frequently. But, man, it's just, it's, I, I can't not put my faith in Tom Brady until I see it. I mean, he's in the Super Bowl again. Yeah. And it's bad, like you said, he has been inconsistent, but there's been too many situations this year where – he has made those passes late in the game or he's beaten good teams. Like he, he just hasn't shown me enough this year that I'm going to say he's not, not going to be a factor in this game because I think he will. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not saying he's not going to be a factor. I just don't think that he is at the level where he can he can be that consistent. Like I'm not – if I were Kansas – if I were a Kansas City fan, like I wouldn't be super worried that – 
Tom Brady is going to score on every possession. And that's where no, I, no, I think, no. again, there's just so much pressure when you face Kansas City to get points nearly every time you have the football that, you know, Tom Brady's inconsistencies to me would be uh, something that if I'm a Chiefs fan, I would I would I would like I'd feel good. About which that. is which goes back to why I think this Kansas City team is about as <laughs> perfect as we've gotten in the NFL yeah. ever. I know they lost a couple of games this year. One of them, Chad Henney, started in Week 17. So really, I mean, they lost one game this year. Let's yeah. be real. But I mean, the fact that we're talking about the greatest quarterback, greatest football player ever, and the fact that even if he plays his best game, it may not be enough to keep up with the other team's right. offense. Yeah. And I forget this because I just remember the end result, but Kansas City scored 21 points in the fourth quarter last year, the Super Bowl to win that game against the best defense in the NFL last year, a defense that, I mean, did they have any, I don't, I'm trying to think back to that San Francisco defense last year. They were pretty flawless. Like at every level, they had superstar players that were making plays. They scored 21 in the fourth quarter because they, I mean, they need, they had to, and they win the game by double digits. Uh, The entire playoff run last year, Every game they came from behind yeah. to win those games. Dominant defensive line. I just, yeah, dominant really defensive good line. They've got guys, yeah. guys in the secondary that make plays. Like, I think it. I think Kansas City can play eighty-five percent of their best and win this game. Tampa Bay is going to have to play the absolute best game they've played all year to win this game. Yeah, along with Kansas City, probably playing at eighty percent. Yeah, or seventy-five percent or whatever. I just. I, I, yeah, I just there's just not many scenarios where I could talk myself into Kansas City losing this game outside of Patrick Mahomes getting hurt. Right. Like you made the statement, Tom Brady could play his best game of the season and they could potentially still lose. That's why I just don't know that Tom Brady is the X factor because I feel like the defense, obviously, if, if Tampa Bay wins, the defense is going to have to play a big role in that. And obviously they're going to have to get to Mahomes some and they're going to have to, you know, make some, some big plays. Uh, but also I... I I just I think they're gonna have to run the football, so like they're oh, they're gonna have to keep they're gonna have to keep Kansas City off the field yeah. for sure. So again, like I so it, so much of what I think Tampa needs to do to win this game doesn't even involve Tom Brady, and then at the same time you have to have the conversation about him, you know, not being inconsistent. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, he's gonna Tom Brady is interesting though in this game because his impact is going to be more than just throwing the ball like he's like I said earlier he's the only guy that's played on this right. stage before right you know in the Super Bowl with the these kind of uh this kind of pressure like it's him having that offense ready and keeping them focused and not making stupid penalties which we saw earlier in the year like he was you know at his limits with the way that the that rest of that team was just completely unorganized and undisciplined and you know, they've kind of rounded out a little bit and gotten a little bit better about that. But I mean, just from a, a mental side and a performance side, like it's, I don't know if there's too much pressure on Tom Brady to win this game. And it's just kind of, he starts forcing things because he feels like he needs to kind of do a lot more on his own because yeah. he doesn't have Bill Belichick on the sideline. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know how hands on Bruce Arians by, from what I've heard and read, Bruce Arians has not been super hands on this year. Uh, with the offense, he's letting he's let Tom handle a lot of it. So I, I don't know. It's I'm excited though. Like this, I I wasn't super excited about this, the matchup last year in the Super Bowl, but 
I'm I'm pretty stoked about this matchup. I think that both teams are good on both sides of the ball with a lot of weapons. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I wonder if there is uh like, I feel like it's probably a less daunting thing to be making your first Super Bowl appearance in this one than a traditional Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, like you just talked about it. It's not even being talked about nearly as much. Um, there's not nearly as much hype around it. There's not the traditional like Super Bowl week where you have the just insane media days and everything else. Uh, I, I I feel like it's it's probably just got to be in some ways feel like as close to just a normal game than any other Super Bowl that's ever been played. Maybe going back to the very beginning. So I mean, especially for Tampa, they're playing at home. They're playing yeah. in their home stadium. Yeah, they don't even have to leave their house. Right. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I think that the the whole pressure of the situation, I, to me, I don't, I don't know if that's a big storyline or not because I just don't know that, that that plays as much of a role in this one as it normally would. On the other hand, like, Tom Brady's been to 10 of these, so, you know, is, is it fair to say maybe he feels more pressure than anybody? I, what, I, I don't think so, because I don't think he has anything to prove at this point. I mean, we talked about it last week. He's now the GOAT because he won the NFC Championship games. So what else does he have to, left to prove? <laughs> he wasn't before, but after that game, now he's he is, now yeah. solidified it. Yeah, That's sarcasm uh, I, for I, those of you that don't pick pick up on those sorts of things. I think the only source of pressure for Tom Brady in this game is the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick argument. But even then, he's already separated himself for now yeah. because he got to the Super Bowl and the Patriots won six games or seven games or whatever they won this year. Yeah. So I don't think that Tom's going to have a lot of pressure on him this game. Um, even if he throws three picks and has a bad game, people will blame him temporarily. But in a year from now or five years from now, this game will kind of be forgotten in the, the legacy of Tom Brady. But... Uh, I, I am a little bummed, though, that we didn't get the media days this week with this Tampa Bay team. All those personalities. Give me right. Antonio Brown and Dominican Sue, uh, Le'Veon Belling, the Kansas City. Like, there's a lot of dudes that could have made this week fun at media day. Honey Badger? And, uh, yeah, Honey Badger. We just we get nothing. We got Bruce Arians, Andy Reid. Like, yeah. A fun Super Bowl week and uh, just nothing. We get nothing. Gronk? Gronk, yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom's been a lot. Gronk, Tom Gronk have been there before, but they're still fun personalities. Gronk like, is fun know. every time he speaks. I think so. Right? Yeah, missed out on that. That's a shame. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, before, we'll uh, we'll get your pick on the end at the end. Um, obviously, Kansas City. But uh, how excited were you for the college football news yesterday? EA Sports to the game. I'm pretty stoked. I've uh, yeah. I've been hankering for like the last few months to play some college football uh video games but i'm a little I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stay reserved because i read earlier that the um like the president of ea sports or whoever whatever like who's in charge said that it's probably gonna be two or three years right before the game's ready and released and uh it sounds like they're kind of holding out on the players being able to get paid yeah which they said they think should happen within the next two to three years which right I, I'm not holding my breath on that, but it'd be cool if it did. I'd be all for that. They have my vote, but I'm going to hold my breath until I actually see the game. I'm excited, though. Just the news got me excited, but yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna try and stay a little reserved. Yeah, we're uh, two to three years away. Uh, they don't have any licensing deals. Uh, so that's, you know, like how 
I don't know. One guy suggested to me that it's going to be like paywalls. Like you're going to have to like basically uh, buy the rights to use teams and their, their likeness, um, which sure. makes, which would make a lot of sense if they did it that way. Um, and it's probably the easiest way to, to get around it. If you're EA sports and, and get the, uh, the NCAA and all the, the teams to agree to it. But uh, yeah. I, more than anything, I think it just kind of gave us all that like nostalgic, like college football, just thinking about like oh, for sure. how many hours, days, months, years, even that, that we've all spent uh, behind the control and uh, managing our dynasties. I've got countless uh, NCAA football dynasty stories. I remember uh, being in middle school and my dad and I would play an entire season in a weekend. Oh yeah. Like I would just, I would go, I would go spend the weekend with him and I'd be like, Hey, you want to do an NCAA season? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then Sunday night at like 6 PM, I've, I've got to go back home at like seven, <laughs> 6 PM. I'm playing the, my bowl game. Nice. Yeah. So like just doing that and then doing, you know, season dynasties by myself, doing dynasties with my buddies. Like I remember, uh, on the last one, like the very last one that was released, I did a season with my roommates and uh, one of them was Ole Miss and uh, he just ran the four verts play every time. And I think it was, it was probably Laquan Treadwell had like 3000 yards by the end of the year. <laughs> I, I'm like 50 catches. Like it was just something completely absurd. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I would do like dynasties and there would be, I mean, I, I would do all nighters at times where like I would just play an entire season overnight. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then like between seasons, I would spend probably like four hours between seasons doing the whole re like recruiting thing and then like uh, editing your roster. Cause like, look, my best players are always going to have single digits. So like I'm changing Jersey numbers. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, if you were like number like 91 as a defensive end, but now you're like going into your senior year and you're, you might be the best defensive end in the country, you're getting a single number digit. Five. Yeah. You're, yeah. Right. You're going to get number five. Uh, next season and like you got to give them the right face mask and maybe a visor maybe not depending on on uh, the look you're going for you got to put armbands on like you know that that's a big part of the game as well that I spent probably way too much time uh, partaking in but I also did one on I, I can't remember which version it was but I think I did a five team dynasty where I controlled all five teams played as all five teams every week and, uh, That's the way to go. I, I probably got through like four or five seasons maybe in that one. But I mean, when you think about it, that's like 25 seasons. Right. You're playing 40 games a year. Yeah. Like it was 50 games a year. Yeah. It, it was a lot. And, uh, I had a team from every conference. I don't even remember who all it was. Actually, I, I do remember that I had both Florida state and Clemson. So I had two ACC teams. See, that's the way I go now. I used to only play as one team, but I've learned that if I just control four teams or yeah. five, you know, something like that, it keeps my interest a little bit longer, and I'm not just like you don't get trying to change teams. Yeah, 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 because I can uh, create different storylines in my head for each team, and like right. you know, just kind of challenge my yeah, different challenges. Right. I, <laughs> this is a funny conversation, probably for somebody that didn't play the game or doesn't play <laughs> video games, so like. Right. Listen, because I did the same thing with like the uniforms and stuff. And like we're talking about, yeah, you know, I'd play the game, but then I'd spend like six hours, like, you know, dressing them up and like <laughs> changing their outfits. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, you got to give them the spat, you know? 
Right, yeah. Do you go white, white no, or black? Or team color? Didn't they have team color as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, well, you know, see, sometimes this guy likes to wear armbands on his forearms, but <laughs> this guy likes to wear them on his on his biceps. Yeah. He's, you know. Yeah. That's just what they like. You got to tape the fingers? Yeah. You know, do you go gloves or do you go tape fingers? This quarterback's a little more swag than the other quarterback, so yeah. he wears a clear visor. Clear visor, yeah. Or dark visor, whatever. Yeah. Just playing dress up. Uh, <laughs> NCAA dress up. NCAA 14. dress up. Uh, it's like the the male version of, you know, dressing up your dolls. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, look, it's, you know, Deion Sanders once famously said, look good, play good, and, and uh, I bought into that early on. I think that applies to everything in life, yeah. whether it's video games or yeah. reality. I I, uh, I have a good friend that admittedly, like would tell you today, before high school football games, he would probably spend at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour, standing in front of the full-size mirror, like literally getting every armband and his socks and everything at the like exact right spot, like whether it's like, over the elbow, on the elbow, under the elbow, like overlapping the the strap of his gloves, the socks, like all the way up to the to the pants, or like it, it, he was meticulous about looking exactly the right way. Yeah, but now okay, now we're getting into like superstition territory. Because I agree that there's a point in that where you know he's doing it to look good, but if he's doing it to like the exact spot. Feels a little, a little superstitious. I don't think it was superstitious. I think it was literally just like just, he just, just wanted to it good? to look perfect. Yeah. Did he? Uh, did he? Did he go heavy on the eye black too? No, 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 no eye light black. On the, stuff, li- well, he all... did the eye black, but light on the eye black. Okay. Oh man. Speaking of uh, the, you know, getting the gear right on your on your video game football players, I am still upset about this. I was doing a. Uh, dynasty with a with a couple of buddies of mine and one of them decided to remove he he lost a game and he was pretty upset about it so as punishment he removed all of the face masks from all of his players oh <laughs> and it he just like he never gave them the face mask back and i was just, just like i'd play i'd play a game against him and none of his players would have face masks and it dr- it just drove me insane. I'm still upset about it. It still annoys me to this day. That was like a decade ago. Which version was this? I don't even remember being able to remove the face masks. I don't remember. It was a while ago. It was probably like nine or ten years ago. Oh, man. It may that's have amazing. been Madden. I don't remember if it was Madden or NCAA, but I just remember him taking the fa- going through every single player on his roster and, and doing the no face mask helmet, and it just pissed me off so much. I was like, this God, is... That's amazing. Uh... Did you own the the last one that came out? What was I the did. last one? Fourteen? Was it fourteen or yeah, thirteen? It, it was fourteen. Yeah, okay. till twenty thirteen. Yeah, I did. I did have it, and then I, I don't have it anymore. And it's like you look on eBay, and it's like three hundred dollars oh, for the game now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I had every one from like two thousand and two ish to yeah. the last one. I I missed out so. I remember the game back when it was like the year before it became uh, or the a few years before it became NCAA football. It was college football USA. And I remember like Edmund people will remember uh, 
the store called Randy's M and M's, and it was like you could rent movies and games and stuff like that. And uh, I remember there would be days where I would just tell my mom I was sick and play hooky, and then she would go to work, and we lived like literally like a block away from this Randy's M and M's. So I would like gather up all my change, I would ride my bike down to Randy's M and M's, and I would rent the newest college football game, and then I would just stay home and like play a season. I remember like one season I was Ohio State back when they had like Eddie George and Terry Glenn. Uh, anyway, college football USA before it was NCAA football. But like basically from, I don't know, 2000 through like 2010 or 11, I think I got it every single year. And then after 2011, I don't think I got it again until the very last year of 14 maybe. And I didn't even get to play that one very long because I think my PS3 at that point crapped out. Oh man. Yeah, it was uh I, I have definitely put hours upon hours into NCAA football. Just in like every aspect you could think of. Do it like Yeah. Playing as Montana, playing as, you know, Ohio State and Texas and Michigan. Like I everything. Yeah. Playing five, ten years. Like it's hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's uh they don't just completely flub it and like you said, have some ridiculous paywall where you have to pay $70 for the game and then you have to pay another like $100 to get all the teams and the conferences and stuff yeah, like it's that. Like, it'd be like $2 per team to unlock like their, yeah. their likeness. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll never forget when D- Dynasty Mode first became a thing. And like, I think I got that that version of the game for Christmas one year. And I think I spent my entire Christmas break simply doing dynasty mode like that was all i did for probably like two weeks oh well i mean you got to get those five-star recruits it takes time yeah, you know you absolutely. gotta put the time in yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah back then like i would always just start a season with florida state because you know love the uniforms love the helmets so yeah that was the that was the starting point and then i didn't have to like you know then i could just go get five-star recruits out of the gate yeah i know well, a lot yeah, of people I mean, like want- to go with like the start with like toledo or, you know, San Jose State and work your way up, but not for me. No, I don't have the uh, I don't have the attention span to spend long enough to win a national championship at Toledo. Yeah, yeah. And if I if I'm if I'm winning a national championship with you know Toledo and all their one and two star recruits, then the game's probably too easy, and I'm probably bored anyway. Right. Yeah. I uh, I I did a couple of like cr- you know create your teams. Where, you know, you like mimic whoever. Gotta put UCO in there. Win a national championship with UCO, right? Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the uh, West Canaan Coyotes. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, classic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you gotta. I don't. You. I don't, you probably did this. Um. I think at some point along the way, I created every like movie player that's ever been created. Yes. I I remember that. I remember a couple of my buddies made a team where it was nothing but WWF wrestlers. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I definitely did the movie players. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Joe, uh, or <laughs> I was about to say Joe Moxon. John Moxon and Charlie Tweeter or uh, Alvin Mack from the program. I'm pretty sure every middle linebacker that I've ever had in the history of my life playing NCAA football has looked... Very close to Alvin Mack. He's the well, gold yeah, standard. I mean, he's the he's the gold sure. standard of the of the position. You know, I like to you know I'll I'll make Rudy and put him on a team I don't like and 
with like a 50 overall. <laughs> Go kick his ass. Yeah, because that's what Rudy deserves. <laughs> I'm going to run power right at you 80 times today. <laughs> so you get that sack, Rudy. <laughs> uh, maybe Rudy can be on the cover of the new NCAA football 2023. Did All you right, see yeah, Ky- let's do it. Kyler Murray tweeted that, uh, that he wants to be on the cover. Yeah, this would be fun because, I, I, yeah, I mean, who knows? They've got like a decade worth of guys to choose from. Yeah, Kyler Murray, regardless of what happens with this game, Kyler Murray better be either just on like a classic team that they can make or like an unlockable player. Because the fact I that mean, no- video game players missed Kyler Murray being a college football quarterback on a video game is a travesty. There's no reason. I mean, there's no reason that they wouldn't get the rights to NFL players. Yeah. Or you know, former college players like to even if they're still the college athletes still can't get paid, then get the rights to those dudes. So yeah, do it. Get Kyler Murray in there. I mean, everybody played as Mike Vick and Madden. It would be the same thing as playing with Kyler yeah. Murray in NCAA if he would have been in there. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be insane. I mean, the arm strength and the quickness, acceleration, ninety nines, for sure. Heisman winner. <laughs> All right, man. Give me your uh, give me your Super Bowl pick. All right, I'm gonna go Kansas City, 34-31. Okay, field goal game. Is it uh, like you think it's one of those like possess- last possession? The game is on the line type of things. No, I think it's probably more realistically Kansas City gets out early and Tampa. Just kind of chips away, but okay. they the closest they ever get, they get it to three by the end, and Kansas City just kind of runs the clock out. So a little bit like the first matchup. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, Kansas City just gets out of the gate so fast. Yeah, that it you you know you go get a beer and get some chips and queso, and you come back and it's fourteen to nothing. Yeah. So I think that yeah, I think Kansas City jumps out early. And I think Tampa Bay in the second half plays better. Their defense plays a little bit better. Maybe it's Kansas City kind of not being as as aggressive on offense. And Tampa Bay, you know, gets themselves back in the game. But it's just too little too late. Yeah. Uh, they they played on November 29th. And uh, the Chiefs won 27-24 field goal game. But the Chiefs had a 17-0 lead in the first quarter. And I remember watching this game. And, and they clearly just kind of throttled it throttled it down. They had a, uh, what was the 17-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Tampa scores two touchdowns, and and look, I, I'm going to give Tampa credit. They they obviously made the game a game, uh, but it was one of those situations where it never really felt like they were in it, uh, although they were able to cut it to a field goal, and it did get a little bit uncomfortable for Kansas City, and they had to kind of hold on. But uh, yeah, it just kind of felt like you know Kansas City was in control the whole way. I mean, that's how it's felt every game this year with Kansas City. Yeah. At no point at, at no point in any game the Chiefs have played this year did I think that they might lose. Even the 9-0 deficit last week, right? Right, yeah. I mean, it's... Like like I said, it's just... It, they could score three touchdowns in the span of 10 minutes. Right. That's including the defense being on the field and getting them the ball back. Yeah. But, you know, Tom Brady's out there, and Tom Brady plays his best football late in games on big stages. So I just I can't think that Tampa Bay's offense is just going to come out and just put an absolute dud up. Like, Tom's going to get them points. But 
I just don't think he's going to get the points as easily as, as Mahomes will. And Tampa Bay's defense is really good. It's just yeah, like we talked about so much that Patrick Mahomes and that coaching staff is just the difference for me and the experience that Kansas City has. No doubt. All right, my friend. I will, uh, I'll touch base with you later this week and uh, always appreciate it. All right, let's go uh, Texans. Let's trade to Sean Watson, please, for the love of God. To the Panthers. To the Panthers. All right, see ya. See you, buddy. That is my weekly Wednesday guest, Aaron Davis, joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with these products, don't hesitate to give them a call, 405-458-9699, and ask questions about how any of these products can benefit you. Uh, They are more than happy to answer any questions, and their mission is to help you live a better life. Plus, we're saving you 15% off your online order with discount code COLBYSHOW at abotanicalcompany.com. Plus, they have easy and safe pickup. They have a drive-through, so... It's a very simple process. abotanicalcompany.com, discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off your online order, and you're able to pick that up through their drive-thru at Artisan Botanicals. Everybody have a great day, stay safe, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Podcast is over.